Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. I mean, not I either, Popeye, hallelujah. <laughs> or another reason to have a barbecue or to go shopping because of the deals at R.C. Willie's. That's where I work, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> But a memorial is something that is built, listen, to help us remember. The definition is this. Serving to persevere or or to to preserve remembrance or relating to a memory. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. A day where we remember the lives that were sacrificed, listen, for our freedom. The day that was made to help us to remember and appreciate our soldiers what they did for us, amen. Do we have any vets in the house? Soldiers, why don't you stand up, amen. Come on, stand up. Those two back there, come on. Three, come on, hallelujah. No, veterano, hallelujah. Veteranos don't count, amen. <laughs> in the neighborhood, amen. But we got two vets over there, active duty there, amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a praise for our soldiers, amen. Are those in, in those places, hallelujah. We appreciate that. We appreciate their lives that they've done. Three and a half years ago, Someone from Chicago made 58 crosses and put them with a Las Vegas sign as a memorial, as a remembrance of the victims that lost their lives at that tragic event that hit our city on October 1st, 2017. People put up memorials at places where people have lost their lives. Through an accident, a tragic event, amen, they would put up pictures, flowers, amen, candles, to remember that person or persons. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, God is asking his people to remember something. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. As I'm reading there, you'll see it on the screen. On the NIV, it says this. These commands I give to you today. You are to, let me, let me put my glasses on. I can see, Hallelujah. These commandments I give to you today are to be, to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Now, the Living uh, uh, Bible says it like this. You must teach these commandments to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or out for a walk, at bedtime, or the first thing in the morning. Today, I want to minister a message I entitled, Build a memorial. Build a memorial. God wants you, somebody say me, come on, you to build a memorial in your home. Something that you'll remember. Something that your kids will remember. To the sacrifices that were made for our freedom. Can somebody say amen? Have any of you guys seen the, uh, the movie Paul the Apostle? If you look at that movie, it's, it's, a, it's been out for a few years, but if you go look at that movie, throughout the movie you see the sacrifices that were made to bring the gospel that you and I read today. There were sacrifices made for that book to come to us, where it is available to you and I today. 
And if you look at that movie, you'll see those sacrifices for our freedom. I want you to look at the, three, the first three words in the Living Bible translation of Deuteronomy 6-7. It says that you must teach. Say, I must teach. It says, you must teach. It starts with you. Somebody say me again. Come on. It's not talking about the government. It's not talking about a, a grade school or preschool or, or a private school. Amen. Listen, it's not even talking about the church. Kids' church. It's talking about you as parents. Your main responsibility of preparing your kids for life is you. Somebody say me again. Come on, if you're a parent, say it, me. Nobody else, church, but you. Even babies raised their kids. Baby kids. You ever heard that saying? Those are baby kids. Hallelujah. Maybe you guys are too young for us. Amen. Hallelujah. But it starts with you. It starts with you. Second, it says must. Say, I must. Meaning that this is not an option, church. It's not if you have time for it. Or, or it says, no, you got to do, you must do these things. Must do what? Teach. Teach, amen. You have to impart. You have to share the Bible stories to your kids, the events, the principles, the values of God's word. Listen to your kids. If you don't teach them God's values, the world will teach them their values. Come on. Somebody's teaching your kids. So you have to impress. This is my child. I need to impress them the things of God to them. Otherwise, the world's going to take them. Amen? Listen, parents, are you, you're teaching your kids whether you realize it or not. You got to understand, even at the age, how little they are, at one, once they start to recognize things, they're watching your every move. They're checking you out. They're modeling you. They're, they're, they're mimicking you. They're exampling you. Listen, the question is, what are you teaching them? Amen? Come on, we tell our kids, where did you get that from? Hello, you. <laughs> Most likely it came from you. They've seen it in your life. They've seen it uh, through, through, through what you model them at home. See, God wants us to build memories, build family memories. God here in Deuteronomy is telling the Israelites, I want you to help your kids remember the commandments that I'm giving you today. God tells him, almost like he's saying, I want you to build a memorial in your home. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, going to verses 8 and 9 now. It says, tie them as a symbol, as symbols on your hand, and bind them on your foreheads, and write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, build a memorial. See, the people of Israel eventually took these commandments that God is telling them back then. They took it literally. Come on now. They actually used to tie the word of God to their hands. You got the picture of that? Grandson. There it is. See the picture there? This is what they used to do. This is what the Jews used to do. So this box right here, the word of God was inside of it. So they would tie it to their hands. They would tie it to their forehead. Hallelujah. As a reminder of the commandments. Amen. They used to write them on the door frames. You saw that other picture? They used to write it on the door frames. So this was the word of God. And so they used to put it on the door frames and the gates of their house. Literally, they, they, they ran with this. God said to, to bind them, to write them, to put them. And so that's what they did. 
these little leather boxes would be served as a reminder, listen, of God's word. You see, when we uh, tie God's commandments to our hands, we're acting upon them. Amen? We go beyond understanding and we put the word of God, listen, into practice. That's what it means. When you, when you write them on your heart or put them on the doorposts of your homes, this is what you're doing. You say, you know what? I'm putting into practice what I've learned in the house of God, what I read, all these things. So literally when you do these things, you're actually putting things into practice. Wearing these commandments on our heads happens when we are transparent about whom we serve and what we do or why we do what we do. So when you're doing that, when you're really putting it in your heads now, now you're being, you're being active. You're, you're, you're understanding what it is. You're being transparent of who you are. You know what? I'm a child of God. I, I serve Jesus. Amen. Jesus died for me. You know, I gave my life to the Lord. Amen. And this is why we do what we do. They wrote them on their doorposts of their house. And I want you to take a moment right now to, to just think right here. I want you to take a moment to think about what people wear today. Amen? Even yourselves. Chances are you're wearing a name brand for most people, right? Come on, you got some Nike shoes or whatever it is. You got some Pumas or whatever, whatever's out there. I don't know, amen? I got Vans, amen? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I got Vans, amen? I'm, I'm wearing a brand name here, hallelujah. There's Levi's. There's all kinds of stuff, amen? Whether it's on your clothes or your shoes or ladies carrying the fancy purse with the coach on the side. Hallelujah. Or guests. Or whatever it is, hallelujah. Come on, you know what you're doing? You're advertising for them. And you're doing it free of charge. <laughs> you don't even know that. You're advertising for them. They're making money off of you, and, you're, and they're doing it free of charge. When we, listen, when we write God's commands on our doorposts, we're advertising for God. And Paul says, you know what? And he paid the price to do it. He paid us, he pays us to do this. Amen. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it says, For God bought you with a high price. Somebody say, I'm a, I'm, I was bought at a high price. Come on. High price. God, God laid down his life. He, he paid a high price for you. Jesus paid this price for us by accepting this. This is when we accept him. We're putting him on display. We become our, 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 he becomes our brand. And we belong to him. Not simply what we wear on the outside. Today we're wearing shirts, amen. It shows that, you know what, we belong to Praise Chapel. What's Praise Chapel? Well, it's my church. It's my church. You got to come check it out. What do we do there? We serve Jesus. Amen. I was lost and bound. I, I was an alcoholic. I was this, that, 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 whatever it is. And Jesus set me free. We're advertising. That's what we're doing today. We're advertising, but it's not simply what's on the outside, church. But it has to go with, with inside, amen, from the form of our actions of love, mercy, and grace that flows from our inside. You can wear a shirt all you want, amen, doesn't mean you're saved. Come on, doesn't mean you're a Christian just because you bought a PCLV shirt today or you won one today. Hallelujah. Come on, it has to be what's inside of us, what's inside our hearts, amen. It's displayed in our actions. It's displayed in how we love one another, amen, our mercy, our grace, amen. See, the Israelites had a problem, though. The problem is that they, be, they became that they, all these uh, Israelites ended up forgetting about God's word. 
forgetting the commandments. They were more focused on their leather boxes. Show those, those boxes again, Jaden. The boxes. The other one. The, there you go. Look it. They're so focused on this. Like how I got it? Amazon. <laughs> Displaying it. They, was, they, were, they were fixing it up. They were so focused on the outside, the way it looked, amen, how it was posted on their doors and all this stuff, amen, and putting their names on it and doing this and that. But they were so focused on the box that they forgot what was inside. You see, sometimes we're so focused on decorating our Bibles. Hello. Come on, remember those, those days, amen, we used to decorate your Bible and come in all fancy, amen. Some of you guys had, had even a big Bible. Walked in, you're like, yeah, look at my Bible, amen. We're, we're proud of that Bible, amen. We walk around, we decorate it, we put all kinds of things and pictures and stuff, you know. And, 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 but you know what? But we forget its content. Come on, we have fancy uh, Bible apps now on our phones, amen, but we never open them. See, they were so focused, amen, on these man-made boxes uh, that these boxes became memorials. Memorials not to God's living word, but to dead faith. Not to God's living word, but dead faith. They felt, listen, the Israelites felt, as long as I'm wearing this box... As long as it's tied around my head or wrapped around my arm, amen. As long as I have them and I'm touching them, amen. They can feel that they're fulfilling their religious obligations. Thinking, I'm okay with God. Giving them a license, listen, to do whatever they want. But they were actually building a memorial to dead faith. In other words, church, they were becoming religious. And we can think to ourselves, man, these Jews were pretty silly, huh? But if we're not careful, church, we can become guilty of the same thing. Coming to church thinking we're fulfilling an obligation. Thinking we're okay with God just because we attended a Sunday celebration service. And not, but not living his word, though. Because we're still hateful, unforgiving, lying, and cheating. And for some of us full of bitterness, you might as well just light a candle, say a couple of Hail Marys, because you became just like them back then. It's like eating a king-size Snicker bar full of calories and thinking if I drink a Diet Coke, the calories are canceled. Right? Or eating a double-double chili burger, amen, with a Diet Coke makes it okay. Brings a balance. Listen. Listen. That telling lies is canceled by attending Wednesday night plug-in service. Being a rebellious wife is canceled by being a Sunday school teacher. Being abusive to your wife is canceled because you're faithful to your life group. Bible study. Fornication is canceled because you faithfully give your tithes. That you hate someone who has wronged you, but it's canceled out because you love Jesus more. 
Doesn't it sound silly? But there are people who think like that. Where they put their faith in these little boxes that we touch once in a while to assure ourselves that we're being religious, that, that we are a Christian, but meanwhile we dishonor the Jesus, the one who we say we love. We're building memorials of dead faith. I'm here to tell you, church, coming to church doesn't save you. <laughs> you being here today doesn't save you. Come on, you can't just say, God, I was at church at PCLV. Pastor Art was my pastor. You can call him. You can text him, you know, email. There's people that say, you know, can, can I use you as a reference? When they're doing jobs, they mean like, a, you know, I go to church as my pastor. Like, there's going to be, you know. We, we think these things, church, instead of trusting in God. Sounds ironic, amen, because we tell people, you need to come to church, right? We invite people, you got to come to church, amen. But what we really need to tell people is that you need to come to Jesus for salvation, hallelujah. Come on, now. your family, your friends, your co-workers don't need church, they need Jesus. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God tells us here today, and he's telling the Israelites there in Deuteronomy, I want you to build a living faith into your children's lives. Don't just tell your kids, it's Sunday, it's time to go to church. Come on, God says to impress on your children, to impress the word of God, to impress and share them. Talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about them when you go out for a little walk, when you lie down, when you get up. Don't put faith boxes on them. Come on, don't make it just a Sunday thing. And then you do nothing for the rest of the week. Or we live like devils for the rest of the week. Make your faith, somebody say my faith, a real thing. Come on. Like it's part of everything that you do. Incorporate it into your life, into your home, into everything, church. We must carry faith with us everywhere we go. Hello. Come on, it's not something that we put on on Sunday, man. You know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to church. I better put on a little faith, amen. I got to put a little hallelujah in me. I got to do a little, you know, whatever, a little skip, amen, and I'm happy. Come on. Come on. We walk, people walk into church like that, amen. They, they put on their religious outfit. They put on whatever it is. They wrap. What they're actually doing is wrapping around what they did back then. Putting the little boxes, putting the little, little things on their head, thinking they're okay because they're right here. I know this is a great church. <laughs> Come on. It's a great church, amen. But the church is not going to save you. I know I'm an awesome pastor, but you know what? You, know, you still got to do what you got to do, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, someone said amen over there. Thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> We, 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 we know that we can go to one of the best churches and whatever it is. It can be, it can be everything. It can be, but just because you're going there doesn't mean you're in. Still up to you. Somebody says it's up to me. You have to work it out. The Bible says what? To work out your salvation and what? In fear and trembling. That means we, we got to make sure that, just like my wife was saying, I want to make sure I'm all right. I need to make sure that, you know what? If that trumpet blows today, I'm getting caught up. I'm going home. You, we got to make sure, amen, that, that we're right with God. That's why 
Paul says, I die to myself daily. I, I crucify this flesh because I know what this flesh can do. I know what it can do, amen. I don't want it to do what it wants to do. I die to you, God. I surrender. I stop at the garden. Not my will, but what? Thy will be done. I got to crucify. Because you got to be right, church. We got to be right. And God says, you know what? I want you to impress this to your children. You got to impress it. Make a memorial in your home. Make it a real thing that you're not, you're not just playing church. Hello? Come on, like I said, coming here doesn't make it okay. It's okay to come, but you got to live it out. Be who you are. Come on, we've been saved for some time. There should be some change inside of us. Come on, we shouldn't be coming to church and still doing our thing out there. Just because we come to Wednesday, it makes it all right. It makes it a little better. You know? No, no, you've you got to live it in your heart. The Bible says that this is the, the temple of the living God. So some of our temples we need to clean out. That God can live in our lives and direct us and guide us. We need to carry faith everywhere we go. God told the Israelites, I want you to take these commandments everywhere you go. Come on, don't just put them in a box. Don't just write them on your door frames. For some of us here, don't just put them on your refrigerator or put it in a frame and hang it in a wall in your room. God meant that this should make our face so obvious that, you know, what we do and how we are and how we act should make it so obvious that others can see. Let him be your brand name that you carry, church. That this faith, amen, uh, that this faith is part of our lives. It's who we are. It's not a Sunday thing. This is an everyday thing. Tomorrow morning, if you saw me, it'd be me still. Come on, I, I don't change on Monday, hallelujah. Come on, I don't, I don't, you know, and I start getting right back on Wednesday, amen. No, no, I'm this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's been years, amen. This is who I am. This is, who, this is who we we need to be, church. We need to be. We need to put faith into action. God says, I want you to do it everywhere you go. These commandments, you do them. You put your faith in them. Amen. Let it be part of your life. That, that, that You know what? If you're living like that, when people step into your house, what do they feel? Come on, really. If you invited me to your house, amen, for dinner, somebody, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> little dinner, hallelujah, feed me something. What, what, what do I feel in your home? Will I feel love? Will I feel the peace of God? Or would I feel tension? Amen? I know back in the days it was customary to have someone over your house, right? We got company, company, woo, woo. They bring out the cake and everything like that. They bring out the Sarah Lee. Remember the Sarah Lee cakes? <laughs> it was always in the freezer waiting for some special occasion. We wanted a piece of it, but we couldn't have it. No, that's for, that's for company only. So when company came, we're like, oh, yeah, Sarah Lee. Woo. Coffee gets on there. Come on in. Now company comes over, and we close the blinds. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, it's pastor. Shh. Maybe he'll go. Shh. Shut the dog. Kids. Shh. Oh, he's still there. Oh. Come on. 
laugh because uh, we've probably done that a few times. Oh, it's brother so-and-so. It's sister so-and-so. What would, I, what, would, what would people feel, listen, if they stepped in your house unannounced? Will they feel the presence of God? See, it has to be displayed in your life in order to be displayed in your home. So I can go into a home and say, you know what? God's here. I can go into this home and say, oh, man, we just walked in the wrong time. I bet you they're fighting. <laughs> There's some tension. Hey, man, we're, we, we, we make excuses and things like that, but it has to be part of our life. Every day. As we are. Now, I'm saying that, you know what, you're going to catch me on a bad day and all the... You know, there's things, there's clothes on the floor, something like that, you know. But I'm talking, I'm talking spiritual. Spiritual will override all that stuff. I'm talking about the sense of God's presence. We need to carry that wherever we go. Because simply coming to church is not enough. Now, I'm not saying coming to church is not good. How many know it's important to come to church? Amen. It's important to have family in church, amen. It's important that, that, that when the, these doors are open, that we're here. We're here receiving, amen. In the church, we learn the value of serving God, amen, and building healthy relationships. In church, amen, that we should be involved in the activities that are here, amen. Your kids should be part of the one ministry, amen. We should be involved in church. But you can't put your family's faith in someone else's hands. You can't just place it on the Sunday school teacher or the pastor, and think that's enough. Because it's not, church. Your kids need to see you live your faith in front of them. It's an everyday thing. 24-7 thing, church. Come on. We're, we're, we're even saved in our dreams. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We, we, we should be saved in our dreams. We should be thinking Jesus when we go to sleep and things like that. Amen. We shouldn't, go, we shouldn't be sinning in our, in our dreams. Amen. Well, I'm going to go to sleep now because I want to go sin. Or, you know, we, we shouldn't do that. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we think that that's, that doesn't count. We've we, we got to understand everything that we do should follow you wherever you go. Your workplaces should know that. Your workplace should have, there should be a sense of God's presence in your workplace. I go there, the guys can't cuss in front of me. They're beeped out. Or they beep, beep, they beep each other. Hallelujah. Like I said before, these, these sinners are beeping each other. Beep, beep, Art's here. Don't you respect him? And they start cussing again. No, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, there should be a sense of God's presence there. Because you know what? We're here. Whatever you are, we're here to make other people better. That's what I tell. I, I tell my coworker, I'm here to make you better. I'm here, to, I'm here to speak some life. I'm here to display some life. I'm here for a season, whatever season that is, to make you Better, hallelujah. Otherwise, we're playing church. We're only good at church, and when we're out of church, woo, I don't know. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody tell your neighbor, bust it. No, <laughs> I'm just playing. Listen, we learn best by repetition. Somebody say repeat. <laughs> repeat. Me and my wife have a saying. We have a word. That's our word, repeat. So we're getting older. I'm getting older. So sometimes we repeat things. I tell, I tell my wife a story and she'll say, you already told me that. So she'll say, repeat. 
That means, all right, you already told me that. <laughs> so we move on, amen. And so repetitious, amen. We learn best by repetitious, amen. We study over and over to learn. Repeat, right? Come on. When we're playing an instrument up here, a musical instrument, you're simply, you're, you're simp it's a simple muscle memory. It's a repeat. Your, your muscles realize where it goes, where they need to go when you're playing the musician or you're playing the instrument. I mean, it's, it's a repeat, amen. Uh, you know, I try to leave the same time every day when I go to work. How many, how many do that kind of thing? Me and you, amen. Hallelujah. Come on. We, we, we like that. If I can leave at this time, I know I can hit that light, that light, that light, and I'm turning into the street already where I work at. And if I leave at the right time, it's a repeat for me. It, I'm, I'm automatically, and if I leave one minute later, I hit the red light. And then I hit the other red light. And, I, and then after that, it's like, and then there's times where God just graces me. Man, I can leave a few minutes late, and I still get there on time. I say, God, you're too good. Like he controls time. He goes, okay, time doesn't, 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 doesn't pertain to you. I'm going to hold these five minutes, even though it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes, and you're going to get there on time. Well, that's what God does for me. That's, that's, at least that's what I think. Amen. But I, I do that, amen. That's I, I, a repeat in my life. I, I have a system. And if I can follow that system, I repeat the very things. Everything I do is a repeat. In the morning, I, there's, a, there's things I got to do. It's a repeat. What I do is because it gets me through. I got to pray. I got to do this. I got to do that. Do, 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 study a little bit. Boom. Get, start getting ready for work. And bam, I'm leaving that door right on time again. Woo. I'm backing up. Like, yep. Here I go. Boom. I'll hit that light. And I go, I'm going to hit that light. I'm going to hit that light. Repeat. <laughs> Somebody say repeat. <laughs> the commands are no different, church. We read the scriptures, amen, not just for a way to live, but to know and understand the way of Jesus. We don't just read it to read it, church. We read it to understand who the Savior is, how he wants us to live, what he's done for our lives. That's why we do. We have to repeat that in our lives over and over because we'll forget it. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Repeat. It's only through God. There is no other way. To the Father. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. We have to repeat that. We have to remind ourselves over and over again. We learn his word, amen, when we talk about it always. Repeat. You know, we have to repeat the word of God. We have to say that, amen. Even if we heard the sermon before, amen, it's a repeat for you to be reminded. We can't close out because, oh, I've heard this message before. I heard, no, no, God wants to do a repeat because you haven't learned it yet. You're still doing what you're supposed to not be doing. It's a repeat, church. We become familiar with God's word. And when we become familiar with God's word, let me tell you, it overflows out of us. If you start to read the word of God, you start to apply the word of God, eventually it starts to flow out of you. And others sense that. Others feel that. They, they feel the presence of God. They feel that they can open up to you. They, they feel that. You know, there's, there's people that they'll open up their things to me, and I don't know them. You know, coworkers open stuff to me. They, I, don't, I don't know their whole life, amen, but they trust me because they sense something inside of me. That's what, what, what needs to be inside of us. That our kids should to trust us. 
And there has to be something that they see inside of us that, that draws them to you and not to the world. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So it has to overflow out of us. That's when we drive, when we lay down, when we rise up. Always repeat. It has to be repeated in our lives. It's not just a repetition of things, but the repetitious causes learning. We have to repeat these things. We've got to pray every day. You know, I pray, do I, when do I stop praying? No, you never stop praying. You keep praying. It's a repeat for our lives. It helps us and reminds us. It reminds us. Of, he says, tie them around your, your, your hands. Put them on your, on your forehead. It has to be repeated. Keep your eyes on it. Keep your focus on it. Don't lose the attention. Don't, 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 don't just come to church. Be the church. Be who we need to be, church. And let it overflow out of us that others benefit through it. You're serving God, you're living for God, not just for you, but for others. Your family, your children, those around you, church. Repeat. Somebody say repeat. I'm going to close today because I'm hungry. Repeat. <laughs> I'm always hungry after church. <laughs> but as I close today, church, we're building memorials by what we do in our lives. What are you building in your home? What does your home look like? Is it memorials and memories? Or is it just dead faith? Let's build our homes healthy by impressing these commandments to our children. By impressing them by the way we live in our home. When we start to practice the presence of God in our lives, in our homes, let me tell you, peace comes with it. That's something I pray every day over my home. Not only the blood of Jesus that protects me from, from disease or sicknesses and things like that, that I'm blessed, as you see in our, in our information table there, we're blessed coming in, we're blessed going out. I'm blessing my coming and my going, church. I pray that over my life and over our home every day. And I, and I pray shalom. Shalom means peace. I pray shalom. I pray the peace of God over my house every single day. And I can tell you, you can walk in my home and you'll feel peace. Want to come? Come on. You, you can feel the peace of God. <laughs> I'm going to be at the house. I'm going to close the blinds. Oh, no, it's a church. <laughs> Where's the Sarah Lee? Hallelujah. Come on. We've got to build memorials. God is telling us. Build memorials to remember. To remember. That's what memorials are. This is what we're celebrating this weekend. It's to remember the sacrifices of our soldiers. The sacrifices that were made for our freedom. But this, the word, the word of God, we have, to, we have to remember what he's done. The sacrifice that he's done. By laying his life on the, on the cross. By shedding his blood for you and I. It's a remembrance. Even he says that to do this in remembrance, right, when, you, when we break bread, when, uh, bread and we take communion, right, in remembrance of the broken body and the blood that was shed for us. We, these are memorials. What kind of memorials are you building for your kids? Come on, are they living ones or are they dead faith ones? It all depends on what you're doing with the three words that I started off today with. You must Teach.
you must teach. Let's build a living memorial.